your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to a Wednesday of Lacrosse Talk PM 608-785-7914, like the guy just said. On the phone with me this hour is Laura Burkle. I almost said Brickle. Uh, Laura Burkle, she's a res- registered dietitian at Gunnarsson Health System. She's over there at the Onalaska Clinic. Hi, Laura. Hello, thanks for having me. And uh, this hour, we're gonna. I have I have a hundred things, and as you know, because I threw you ninety eight of them, a hundred things I want to talk about when it comes to to eating and eating healthier, eating unhealthy. I think is the better the better way to to approach this, and 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 just you know some kind kind of the myths out there, uh, and then I have like uh, for the audience, I have these like notions the the food compass i think mike hayes talked about the food compass there's a new quote-unquote food compass uh out there want to talk about that a little bit um the the way we are as a society our inability to cook and um these like pre-made meals so laura we were talking about this and i I don't want to deep dive into it yet but just just so you get to thinking about it i was talking about this with my girlfriend last night the pre-made meals have she goes they've replaced frozen dinners we just we just have a better ability to throw stuff in a refrigerator as opposed to a freezer do you would you agree with that real quick i mean i would yeah i would agree with that i think we're trying to get the same thing convenience flavor variety so why not have it in the fridge or we're in the fridge more often versus the freezer that gets opened once a week. I think this is, and you could tell me, uh, and we'll talk about whether these pre-made dinners are are healthy or good for you, or maybe some are the other ones. Some are good, maybe some are bad, which is always the case. Um, And then I have all these like quick hitters. So anyone that's listening wants to shoot uh, us a text, 608-785-7914. If you have like a food myth or a food question, uh, Laura will try to answer it, but I have these quick hitters like, are eggs healthy? Uh, Is coffee healthy i th- i don't even know is there another way to to put that pizza what's your take on pizza um glass of wine a night is fruit healthy that one seems kind of funny uh the 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 way we measure weight body mass index uh i drink an energy drink like once a day um are vitamins worth it what's what's the deal with caffeine i'll do a jerry seinfeld what's the deal with caffeine um, and I threw ice cream serving size on there just cause I laugh at every time I, I look at the serving size. And then maybe if we get to it, I have volleyball myth myths that we do at volleyball tournaments that, that I hope you could break. But Laura, can you just talk about your job at Gunderson as a registered dietitian and the things that you provide? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm a dietitian in the outpatient setting. So I see patients for weight management, those that are pursuing bariatric surgery, those that are on medications or meal replacement for weight loss, but also just general uh, nutrition counseling in the outpatient setting. I'm, um, I'm, uh, so lots, lots I'm, of different myth-busting going on every day. I'm slamming a rock star energy right now as you talk. Is that weird? <laughs> <laughs> no, not weird. <laughs> if you need a job, right? <laughs> if you hear me like start coughing, it's because it went down the wrong pipe. That's what happened. So I'll need you to take over <laughs> and just talk for until I'm done coughing. Um <laughs> And, and now when it comes to that, you, you talked about like outpatient. So people coming off maybe, I don't know, like what, when you say outpatient, what does that mean? Like they're coming off like gastric bypass surgery or something different? Like how, how would you see these people? Yeah, yeah. So for a lot of it, it is referrals from their primary physicians. If they've talked about weight and are like, hey, I want to do something. Let me talk to another person. Let's get this figured out. 
I'm that person. Uh, or if they're, yeah, if they went through bariatric surgery, like for bypass or sleeve, we'll see them throughout that whole journey because that's a whole nother chapter in a lot of people's lives. Um, and then also if people are just like, hey, I got a bunch of myths or I'm trying to figure out how to balance my intake and output, um, we talk about some of those basic things too. So it's, it's anyone, anyone can walk in if they have an appointment. <laughs> what would you say would be the best person, just like an everyday person, so that nothing happened in their life, you know, where they're like, oh, no, I need, you know, and I don't know what that would even be besides like something like gastric bypass surgery. But what would be, you know, this is the person that really should come and talk to me if they need help. Like someone that doesn't know anything about nutrition would obviously be, but, you know, more like more mainstream, like everyday people who would who would be your your audience, so to speak, your customers that, that would come see you? Yeah, yeah. So definitely someone who who wants to have like a weight reduction and they're like, hey, I've put on 20, 30 pounds, I'm ready to get rid of it. What's the best way to do that? How do I live my life without being restricted by a fad diet? Um, those are common, you know, concerns that people come in with. But pretty much anyone that's looking to improve their health and they want to do it in the right way and not the aggressive and rigid way, um, that's what we work through. Okay, and obviously we're, we're slowly coming out of a pandemic here. I think Joe Biden's going to end the pandemic in March. I think he said that was the end of the pandemic. Um, but, but over, uh, and this is me too, and you talk about somebody that's gained a bunch of weight, uh, my inability to go play sports during a pandemic and then just like body turns into like blob and then getting back to playing sports. So I did a lot of like on the sports side of this, a lot of the working outside, people are trying to get back into it. The physical, your physical body, trying to trying to get your physical body back into you know using it in a, in a, a top tier way. But but I didn't do a whole lot with food. I mean, how much? How where would you say is it more important to to when you want to get back to being active? Is the diet more important, or is the activity you know slowly pacing up the activity more important? You think? Yeah, so, I mean, definitely the nutrition is, I mean, they're both important, don't get me wrong, but the nutrition has usually a larger influence than activity, at least to start, until you get in a good routine, because if you think you're, if you're trying to not work on anything with what you're taking in for nutrition, but you're working really hard at the gym, what you burn in the gym is nothing compared to what you can modify with your diet. Uh, 30 minutes of activity might only burn 150 calories. Granted, there's other benefits that come with movement, but that 150 calories does not take much when it comes to food to get that back in into the system. Um, so nutrition is actually a really big component when it comes to losing weight, even if you are or are not including exercise yet. Yeah, I'm just starting to think about, like, uh, if you if you eat crappy all day and then you go to work out, your workout might just be worse based on even if your 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 energy level might just be off when you go to do that but like you you are also burning the wrong maybe burning the wrong calories uh yeah i mean your body's going to use carbohydrates first fat second it doesn't like to use muscle to fuel workouts <laughs> um using the energy in the muscle so um you know your body has its hierarchy of how it wants to burn things but yeah if you don't have a lot of good fuel on board you're not going to get the most out of your workout, and you might feel pretty sluggish too. Did, did has business been booming since the pandemic? Have you have you been busier? Yes, 
yes, we have been pretty busy. I would say, you know, definitely referrals start rolling in with the New Year's resolutions and everyone trying to start fresh and get going with, you know, making changes to their health. Um, definitely with the pandemic, with us being able to do virtual visits, that was a huge uh, perk to, inc- you know, increasing access and whatnot. Um, but really, people were just looking for some support. You know, everyone got pretty distanced from a lot of different routines with the pandemic. So, you know, a dietitian is another support person in your health. So it was a good opportunity to reach out a little bit more. 608-785-7914. Laura Burko is going to spend the hour with us. We're going to talk food, essentially. We're just going to talk food, although it's not Cooley Region Cooks. We're not talking about that light, obviously. She's a registered dietitian at Gunderson here in well, in the lacrosse area. She's at on Alaska. Anyway, we'll be back after this. Laura, this is a very inappropriate song. I don't know if you, if you know what song this is. It's not Michael Jackson. Oh, yeah. Is this like your is this like your theme song? Can you hear the song? Sometimes I don't have the right buttons pushed. I, I can. You can. Yeah, okay. I can hear it. Laura Burkle is a registered dietitian at Gunderson Health System. Going to spend the hour with me. If you got questions about eating it, about what you eat, that's Weird Al in the background. Weird Al Yankovic, eat it. Uh, 608-785-79. All right, get out of here. 608-785-7914 is the Duncan text line. I, we almost have to cancel stuff like that. Some people get offended by, you know, like songs like that now. It's, it's kind of a weird weird era we're living in but um we're going to talk about a bunch of things but i did have brenda calling and brenda brought up a topic laura believe it or not on our list of like 75 bullet points that i want to talk about brenda calls and she's got a topic that i for some reason i didn't put on the list brenda go ahead you have a question for laura hello um following a vegan uh diet i was wondering about how important is it to meet the protein requirement on a daily basis Go ahead, Laura. No, that's a great question. And like you said, we didn't have that one on our list, so I'm glad you asked it. Um, Yeah, so protein is pretty important, uh, whether if you're losing weight, maintaining weight, just trying to stay where you're at. um, It's one of the essential nutrients that we have to take in from food, and our body can't make it. So, um, you know, everyone's protein needs are a little bit different. On average, women need 50 to 70 grams. Men need 60 to 80, just on average, not based on weight. Um, and so, yeah, with being vegan, obviously you're getting rid of all those animal products that include a lot of protein. So, you know, trying to include those from nuts, seeds, lentils, beans, all that good stuff, um, or some of those plant-based protein powders sometimes can get you a little bit more concentrated protein amount. Um, all really important as you're including all those other vegetables and fruits and grains in your diet. that good, Brenda? Okay. One more question. Yeah, go ahead. And then... After conditioning, exercise conditioning, how important is it to follow up with some nutrition and in what time frame post your workout? Uh, That's another good one because exercise, you definitely want to, you know, you want to fuel the body before you exercise, but you also want to fuel the repair of everything that you just worked really hard. So generally, as a rule of thumb, it's trying to get in, at least 10 to 20 grams of protein within the first hour to two hours after you work out to help that muscle repair happen. Um, in general, you should have a little bit of carbohydrate, too, to replenish those glycogen stores in your muscles. 
Um, but yeah, within the first hour, trying to get a source of protein, a little bit of carbohydrate, so a glass of milk, if you're not vegan, is a great example. Um, but something like nuts, where you get some really good protein, fiber, a little bit of carbohydrate could be a good option too. I like to just microwave some fish, at, you know, at the Y in the like, in the commons area there, just microwave some fish. And then I eat fish in between sets. Is that a good way to go about it, Laura? That's, you know, I think you'll be very not liked at all um, in the gym. But, hey, fish has got some good protein in it um, as long as it tastes good, right? Yeah, okay, so back to veganism. Um, how hard is it to – okay, so when you talk about, like, getting your pro- – like, broccoli, I think broccoli has protein in it. Um, there's some there's some weird words, beans. But when you, you're like, you got to get your protein from somewhere else. But is there a, is there a case here where you're getting your protein but then you're – like when you say nuts, I can put down a lot of like nuts, right? Like <laughs> whether it's almonds, cashews, like I can put a lot of those down. I'm like, I got to get my protein. So I'm going to eat a ton of these, but then you're overindulging, right? Like it, there's got to be a fine line, probably even with meat, there's a fine line, but is, is there a different line there when it comes to veganism and trying to hit that mark with, with eating stuff that isn't all that common? Uh, I mean, yeah, because you're you're looking at getting protein from a very different source that we're not used to getting protein from only, like like the nuts, like the beans. Um, but yeah, portions and how much your body actually needs is going to be a great great thing to keep in mind. So keeping in mind how full you're feeling, that's a great signal to go off of first off. But um, kind of looking at what else are you eating for that meal you know we're not just eating protein so what else do we have like you mentioned broccoli um you know things like broccoli spinach other grains are going to have some protein to them so you know like oatmeal a couple of grams of protein with that may not be as significant as your beans or your nuts or your um, different lentils and grains like quinoa all that fun stuff Um, but it still counts towards your daily total so it's good to include a lot of good variety when you're, especially when you're only having protein from plant sources. Yeah. And we probably, as, as a meat eater, we probably like only need this much meat and, you know, like two hamburgers is probably too many. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and that's the thing. The body can only process so much protein at a time. I mean, it's hard to gauge for every person, but um, generally if you have more than like 40 grams of protein at a time, it's, too hard to process more than that so yeah it depends on the size of the burger for sure yeah because because when i think about this like meat eating versus veganism uh eat a hamburger that's going to be enough protein but eat like how many nuts do i have to eat to equal a hamburger that's kind of the weird math i'm doing in my head yeah so well we say kind of for every ounce of a protein containing food it's about six to seven grams of protein now that can vary a little bit but in general like a fourth a cup of nuts is going to be about six to eight grams of protein depending on what you're having so we look at a four ounce steak four times seven around 28 30 grams of protein right there so you'd have to do like a full cup of nuts to get close to that um well, even more than that, maybe even closer to two cups, because uh, my math isn't great at the end of the day. Uh, so, <laughs> well, and two cups of nuts sounds like two, two cups of nuts sounds like too much. Yeah, yeah. So that's a lot to get like one thing from because nuts provide really good fat content too. That's why they get to be so many calories. Um, they're healthy fats, 
but it still can add up because it's not just protein we're getting from nuts. Yeah, and you can't um, you can't maintain a vegan lifestyle if you're only eating nuts. You got to mix it up, not mix nuts, but oh, you I just got to mix it up. But also, like then, uh, I feel like the, the the options are limited. But I I'm just naive because I don't practice this. Yeah, yeah. So things like soy, um, like soy, so tofu, um, and and just soybeans or soy protein in general is pretty comparable to what we get from meat in terms of that concentration. Um, so that's a good example of something like if you're looking to swap out your meat, you know, go for some tofu and try some of those meatless options. You're not selling anyone. <laughs> no. Ooh, tofu. <laughs> Give me some of the tofu. I can't wait to be vegan. No, we gotta, we gotta do. We'll do that. I and mean, we didn't put this on the list. So, and that Laura, if we, if I bring you back, uh, because I, I kind of want to already. We, we could have a conversation about this in a, in, in a more where you can kind of look. We can kind of figure it out beforehand. But also on the list, add it to the list, Laura. Uh, the fake meats. Can we just at some point I, we want? I want to talk about those. Yeah. Like yeah. the, the, the veg- meatless meat. Yeah, and if, if they're even healthy and if they're, you know, are they adequate when it comes to nutrition? So, um, all right, I want to talk about this thing real quick. It was, it, so I don't always, I don't always want to give credence to Joe Rogan, but he's very popular. I think a lot of people listen to him and uh, he's a podcaster, but he, he threw out this Instagram post that said a new government funded food pyramid says lucky charms are healthier than steak. And I sent you um, some information on this, Laura, but I mean, this is the and and I looked at the list and I couldn't really find where steak was on the list as compared to Lucky Charms. But can you just talk about this? Is it a, a food compass and and your take on on all of that? Yeah, yeah. So I did look at it a little bit. Yeah, and they were saying Lucky Charms is to be moderated, but um, you know, ground beef is to be minimized. So a lot of different you know comparisons going on. And when I dove a little bit deeper at this. Um, it was interesting to see what the study had as their, like, measures. Like, what are they using to compare? I mean, how do you compare cereal to meat? And that's kind of where it's not the best representation of a score. Because we're taking two totally different foods, trying to make them comparable, and then trying to rate them. Uh, So this study really looked at uh, nutrient ratios, so fiber, potassium to sodium, fat, Um, But what it was also comparing, and I thought this was interesting, is like vitamins, minerals, you know, if it's a food that's naturally occurring, if there's additives, the processing that goes into it. So you think about it, steak doesn't really have any vitamins to it. We We don't take steak for vitamins. I mean, it has some, but it's mainly protein, some saturated fat, and, you know, it's got some other minerals like iron in it. You compare that to Lucky Charms, I mean, marshmallows don't have any of that. <laughs> and then we we get some from the grains, but most of the things going into our Lucky Charms are going to be fortified, like our iron, well, that's, vitamin, full. Well, that's kind of, that's what I was thinking. I'm like, it, when I eat a steak, I eat a steak with some asparagus or some mashed potatoes, or I drink, you know, like, I don't know what, if I drink some, maybe people drink wine with it. I don't know what what you're getting out of that, but... I'm not eating, well, maybe, honestly, like maybe I am just eating a steak sometimes. Um, but I'm not going, you know, like, oh, this nutritious steak is going to give me all I need for the day. When when I think, and you said it, cereal is fortified with all this crap. So, like, the the whole point of cereal is kind of giving you a little bit of that. And I don't know, is it marketed because it's going to give you that jump start to the day with all the vitamins and minerals you need? 
Right, right. And that's how they try to, you know, get you to take it in and say, like, hey, this has really good ingredients, but none of them are, well, some of them are naturally occurring, but they do have to put them back in manually versus steak. You're getting all of this naturally because that's how it was originally put together. Um, So, yeah, that's where I struggled with that list that was the food compass list um, because it's just comparing things that never should fully be compared as as equal. Well, I got a good example. I got a good example of this. I don't know for baseball fans out there. You have Mike Trout, the best baseball player. He can do a little bit of everything. He's he hits incredibly. Actually, he can do a lot of bit of everything. He hits incredibly. He's an incredible outfielder. He's great on the base baths. He's great at defense. He is the I don't know if you want to call it cereal, but he's the fortified food that can do a little everything. And then I don't have a great name, Prince Fielder. I'm just going to say from back in the day, like a big fat guy that comes in and hits home runs. You're not going to bring in the big fat guy that hits home runs to do all your things for you. But if you want a steak, he's, you, you, you bring Prince Fielder to the plate. And if you want like your, your, your all-everything-encompassing food, then um, maybe, maybe you're eating cereal. It is weird. Like, it's weird to even try to compare these things. You're right. Yeah, yeah. So it's just tough because, I mean, all food has value. Food is fuel. We are taking it in so that we can live our lives. But they're going to provide very individual qualities, and that's why it's good to have a good balance and variety in your life for food. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. Laura Burkle spending the hour with us. Just this is what we're doing. We're talking about food. We'll be back. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. Laura Burkle is on with me. She's a registered dietitian at Gunnerson Health System in Lacrosse. We're just talking about if we if there were no brick, Laura, we could have just kept going because we just kept going with uh, – I, I kept throwing my takes at you when it comes to diet and food and healthy, being healthy. Yeah, yeah, no, it just, it's just – it's a part of our life so much. It's, I mean, we live to eat, we eat to live. It's a huge part of our day. All right. So I was thinking about this when, when uh, I think it was Brenda called and, and just eating. Okay. First of all, like protein powders and stuff like that after you work out or just in general, like are those things like, are they good for you? Or are they fake? Are the, do those things work or is it better to get, I mean, it's the stupid answer, right? It's like it's better to get your protein from real food, but do, do the protein powders, are they okay? They're okay. I mean, you definitely can get too, you can always have too much of a good thing though, right? So, uh, you know, protein, like I said, is good for repairing those muscles after a workout, but does your body really need 40 grams of protein right after you're done working out to support that? Probably not. You know, you can spread it out. You can wait a little bit until you get home, have a nice meal, Um, you know, those nutrients, like I said, your body can only absorb so much at once. It is a nice option if you're on the go, you need a concentrated version that's easy, you add it to water, um, and it's a great way to get something in without going too long without. Um, I I always tell people, though, beware of a lot of caffeine in protein powders because that, well, we've we've talked about caffeine a little bit. Oh, it's on the list. It's on the list. It's on the list. The so irony I of... I won't go ahead too much. <laughs> well, we might run out of time. The irony of putting protein powder in milk. That would be funny. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's always the what people do, too. Add more protein on protein. 
Um, my thing with working out, okay, and we're not talking about working out, obviously, we're talking about food, but to get me to better work out, I have to hold myself accountable. But And to do that, I need someone else to hold me accountable. So I either need to pay a trainer or have a friend meet me, and then I need a routine. Um, is there a world where this works or this is uh, practiced in the uh, what the dietary world or the, the the food consumption world? Can you do you recommend this, and how would you recommend this? Yeah, absolutely. So having an accountability partner is a huge asset when you're looking at making change because change is never fun when you're doing it alone. Plus kind of nice, and you can say, I need to prove to someone else that I'm going to show up at 6 a.m. and go for a walk, and then they feel accountable because they're like, well, I don't want to hurt their feelings if I don't go for a walk at 6 a.m. So in in terms of movement, it's huge, but also um, in food. Uh, You know, if your significant other is sitting on the couch next to you eating a bowl of ice cream and you're smelling it, it looks amazing, uh, you you just really want it, it's, it's a lot more difficult to stick with your routine if you've got all these other influences um, doing the exact opposite. Especially um, if it has that heart, that chocolate that turns hard on the top, then it's hard, really hard uh, to resist. Yes. The hard yes. shell. Like the hard shell. Hard shell. Yep. Mm-hmm. Not that he's That's my... Not that he's my significant other, but I have tried to do this with soda with my friend Andrew, and it's like, hey, and then we would we would kind of message you, did you drink a soda today? And it would be like, yeah. So it didn't. It doesn't work like out of the house. Like it'd be like, well, so so we'll start this no soda drinking tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, and then so the hard thing is though, it's very easy to get into that kind of all or nothing thinking, thinking like, okay, I'm going to cut something cold turkey and then I'm going to do really well, and it lasts like three days, and then you get the caffeine withdrawal if you're doing soda, and it just does not end well, and you end up going back to full-force soda intake. So definitely, especially with, with dietetics and with talking about lifestyle change, recommend avoiding kind of the all-or-nothing, going nice and slow and steady, setting those small goals for yourself, and someone can definitely keep you accountable for those too. Yeah, so one... Can't get to that point. One two-liter bottle of soda a day. Start there and work your way down. No, I'm just kidding. Um, is right. soda like the biggest devil in, in the dietary world, in the nutrition world, or is there something else that people indulge on that's the worst thing ever? Oh, gosh, that's a good question. I mean, soda does come up quite a bit because, well, especially if it's it's regular soda. Diet soda, it's, it's a nice segue away from soda, but... Um, you know, some people, hey, if it keeps you calm, if it keeps you sane, if it keeps you happy, one a day is not going to hurt you. Just what else goes with that soda? Um, so I think, yeah, soda is a big topic in the office. Uh, I'm trying to think offhand if there are anything else. I mean, yeah, because caffeine kind of goes along with that, too. Sugar is a huge talk, though, as well. Yeah, I mean, um, they're all related, right? Like, there's just a ton of sugar in soda. Yes. Yeah. And, and getting and so you're drinking sugar straight up. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm a soda. If I could get rid of soda, like it can can I brainwash myself to have never known about soda, and then therefore I wouldn't want it. Um, all right. So uh, there are hypnotists that <laughs> that is sort of a thing, but yeah. I don't know where you could find a reliable one. Do you have one of those like watches that swings on a chain? Maybe you do that in your office. Watch the wall, you know, back and forth. Going old fashioned. (laughs) You you become a hypnotist dietitian. Um, All right. So uh, sticking with, uh, I don't know how we were segue. Oh, accountability partner. 
Um, So in the household, a lot of times nobody has any time to eat, like any time to eat. We all have time to eat, but we don't have time to cook the food. So whether we're going out to eat, but we see these and we hinted at at the beginning of the show, we see these and they're just more prevalent in all the grocery stores and gas stations around here. Um, And and my friend brought it up. It's it's the the new frozen food, the new frozen dinners. They're no longer frozen. And I think I was just thinking about this. I think capitalism has made them not frozen. If you just put them in the refrigerator or put them in the you know the the refrigerator aisles there, and they're fresh foods, so people think, oh, these are healthy because they're not frozen dinners. They're not unfrozen dinners. They're freshly made, and I'll just pop them in the oven, and I don't have to cook. Are these things healthy? Oh yeah. Well, they are healthier in certain senses. So I mean, if you look at it, it has some protein. It usually has a meat usually has a noodle. You can get a vegetable in there, more power to you, you know, trying to get at least three food groups in a meal so that our energy is sustained for a good amount of time. Um, the fresher, the better. Uh, you know, if you look at one of those to-go meals and it says it expires in two weeks, I wouldn't say that's very fresh. Um, but it, if it's a meal versus not having a meal, again, pros, cons. Got to kind of weigh it out a little bit. Um, but they can be good options to get you going and having a regular meal at night. Okay, uh, can provide a little bit of that convenience. So very basically, if, if if it's in the refrigerator aisle or whatever, and it's going to expire in a couple of days, that's going to be healthier than something that's going to expire in a couple of weeks, just because there's there's ingredients in there that would keep it around longer that aren't you don't want in your body. Yeah. So the less. You know, there's going to be less fresh items in there. Granted, you know, if you do frozen vegetables or frozen fruit, those can last a while being frozen. But you think about it, you thaw them out, fruit's only good for so long. Um, So, yeah, there's going to be a lot of different preservatives, a lot of salt or sodium in those um, longer shelf life items. Have we tricked something to be aware of too? Have we tricked society into thinking these refrigerated meal kits are are healthier than frozen? dinners but maybe the frozen dinners are just healthier they just don't look as nice yeah i mean i think it's a total visual appeal as well and you see it right when you walk in it's by the deli by the produce versus hey i have to walk past the ice cream to get dinner tonight (laughs) um you know it's a total location challenge too yeah and obviously these things uh there's there's multiple options there you know I, I go with the chicken Alfredo all the time, and then uh, the girlfriend rolls her eyes. She's like, that's not healthy at all. It's it's all sugar. The Alfredo is all sugar. The noodles aren't good for you. The chicken, you only need so much. So I, I don't know. I don't know if you studied this, but those those fresh food meal kits, do you like any in particular? Like any of the choices? Uh, you know, a lot of the choices do seem pretty, like, heavy. So, yeah, a lot of sauces, a lot of fats, a lot of cheese. Um, so I kind of look for the ones that are going to give me, of course, a nice balance. If it's got something green in it, more power to it. Um, I would like, there's been some that are like chicken fajitas, where it's like a chicken fajita kit. Those ones are always pretty good because it's got your bell peppers, your onions, your steak or chicken. Then you get your tortilla shells. So you can pick out every little thing that you're going to be eating and know how to identify it. Yeah, definitely. We're st- we're speaking with Laura Burkle. She's a registered dietitian at Gunderson. All right, uh, one more break, and when I want to c- come back, I want to do. I'm going to try to do some of these volleyball myths and and some of these other quick hitters like are eggs healthy stuff like that. One more break. 
All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM 608 785 7914 is the text line. Registered dietitian at Gunderson. Laura Burkle's in, well, she's not in studio. She's on with me, though. And we're talking about eating and being healthy or trying to be healthy or maybe not trying to be healthy. Um, all right, Laura, so I got quick hitters. What I, what I think I'm going to do, I have general ones and then I have volleyball ones. Uh, that that we often do in the summertime. So these are things that, in for, in terms of volleyball, these are things that we do at tournaments when we're playing literally all day and it's like 85 degrees and humid out, so we're sweating a lot. And then at the end of the day, my legs no longer work and I'm cramping up and or I'm blacking out because I have like heat heat stroke or whatever, heat exhaustion. So that's, in terms of volleyball ones, that's that's the setup. And And then the other ones are just general. Like, But I'll throw the first one at you. As, as we have an egg shortage, are eggs healthy? This is a pretty debated topic, I think. Yes, yes. We call this the great egg debate because it constantly is cycling back. But, um, you know, eggs, eggs are a great protein source. So protein is really in the egg whites. The egg yolk has vitamin D, good B vitamins, really healthy fat. Um, so an egg is a very dense and complete source of protein. Um, so it, it fits into the diet really well. Now, if you're one that you like to have three eggs a day, um, you know, and you have that seven days a week, you might be getting a little bit too much of that density. Um, you know, depending on your cholesterol levels, your family history, all that good stuff. Um, but eggs can be a part of every day pretty easily. Uh, just kind of being aware of, you know, how much, how often, and uh, how, yeah, how much is the part of your day, which with the cost now, I don't know if everyone's doing three eggs a day every day, <laughs> would, um, would but a, they are a really good health source. Would a hard-boiled egg be like the perfect thing? I, I go to the Y, I do my workout, and then I pull the hard-boiled egg out of my pocket and I eat that right when I'm done? I mean, yeah, you'd have a little salt from the sweat and everything, so it'd work out good. Um, but no, that, that would be a good option. Putting a little fruit or something with it would really help the recovery, but okay. it's a nice, easy on the go. All right. Mm-hmm. It'll look weird. Cause I'll have an egg in one pocket and like an orange in the other. So when I'm working out, yeah. everyone's like, what? Balance out. The correct answer there, Laura was do not keep an egg, a hard boiled egg in your pocket while you're working out. That was the correct yeah. answer. Yeah. All right. Not temperatures. The biggest, <laughs> the biggest weird myth I have in the volleyball, sand volleyball world is when people start cramping up, my friends, me, uh, will will down pickle juice. And is is pickle juice keeping me from cramping up after I've already cramped? So I'm already at like code red, and now eat drink this pickle juice. Your team is waiting for you to continue the game. Yeah, so pickle juice. I mean, it's an, a good natural source. It's got some potassium. It might have a little bit of magnesium. So when we look at what our sweat is made out of. Sweat is sodium chloride, which is salt, potassium, magnesium, and a little bit of calcium. So with your muscle cramps, that's mainly those electrolytes, the potassium and magnesium that you're depleting. So especially, yeah, volleyball, you're playing in the hot sun for multiple hours. You might shed, you know, over a liter of fluid in just sweat. (laughs) Um, So you do have to make up for that. And so pickle juice will be a more concentrated source, but it also has those electrolytes with it too, um, but not a lot of sugar. So people like it for that. Sugar can be good for giving you energy um, to keep playing and refuel your, your system. Um, but, yeah, drinking some pickle juice can be a quick instant relief um, to replenish those sodium and electrolyte stores. 
Is this a better question for like a sports nutritionist? Do I need to ask? Uh, for Because I feel like it's too late. If you're drinking pickle juice after you've already cramped, it's too late. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's hard for your body to want to absorb all that right away. And, yeah, it would definitely be very individual. And talking with someone who might be a little bit more specialized in sports nutrition wouldn't be a bad idea just to get more of an individualized plan. Um, because, yeah, I don't do a lot of sports nutrition, yeah. but oh, general right. dietitian training is helpful for all that. All right. Um, a general one, is coffee healthy? This is a very, this is very egg-like debate. <laughs> This is a very egg-like question for sure. Um, so coffee, often when I ask patients how much coffee, they're like, well, it's basically water, right? I mean, I need to use water to make it. Um, coffee has a lot of good antioxidants and benefits, um, but it does have caffeine. So we're talking just caffeine and coffee. Uh, because of the caffeine and coffee, it does work as what's called a diuretic. So your body takes it in, but it wants to flush it out just as fast. Your body has to take all this water to help flush this coffee out. And so it doesn't really end up hydrating you very much. And so that's where it shouldn't be treated as water, can be a part of a balanced diet, but nothing you should depend on too much to meet your hydration needs. All right. So this is kind of the same thing. So when when somebody, and then go back to volleyball, Miss, when somebody's playing in a hot, like 85 degree tournament for eight hours, should they avoid caffeine then? They definitely should avoid caffeine because it's going to really be difficult to get ahead of your hydration when you're already like five steps behind because you had coffee in the morning. Um, I mean, your body adapts to caffeine intake too, but it still is enough little bit harshness on the, on the kidneys and on the hydration system to, you know, kind of minimize that if you're planning to sweat a lot that day. All right. One more general one. We have a minute. Is, uh, is, do we need to eat breakfast like, is it is is the thing, like, eating breakfast to start your day, do we need, is that true? Breakfast, it, it, it's as rated as it is with everyone saying it. It's as highly rated as it needs to be. Breakfast is a very important first intake of the day. I mean, really, you break it down. We're breaking the fast. We're, we're going from a state of slumber and sleep to movement. So we need to fuel that movement, and our body is much more appreciative when we give it that fuel um, by waking it up in the morning, getting our metabolism going, and keeping that fuel source consistent throughout the whole day. All right, because I, uh, but it doesn't have to be Lucky Charms, right? It doesn't have to be Lucky Charms or steak <laughs> or you steak. Can do whatever. Perfect end to the conversation. Laura Burkle is a registered dietitian at Gunderson Health System. Laura, I appreciate you coming on for the hour. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. Have a good night. You too. All right, we're uh, all done. That was awesome. I appreciate Laura for coming on and and just I, I mean we covered like sixty things there I think and and I don't need like there's like sixty more on my list that I I need to, to get to. Uh, anyway, coming up tomorrow we're talking science with Spencer Wilkin at UWL.